Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassCenter.com. Today is Saturday, November 18th, 2017. This is episode 150, Private Music Instruction, Family Expectations. Today's episode, as well as the next two episodes we'll be discussing private music instruction as it relates to families, students, and teachers. I'm going to be providing advice to all three sets of groups. I do encourage you to consider listening to all three regardless of your status because I think there's something to be gained if you understand the perspective of everyone involved in this process. Today's podcast is going to be focusing on the expectations of families, parents, and what they should be looking for in a private instructor and how music lessons are expected to run and many other different types of factors. So, without further ado, let's get into private music instruction. Obviously, you've made the determination that your child is in need of lessons. For whatever reason, perhaps they have an audition coming up, they are struggling keeping up, might be a lack of motivation, might be a desire to go to the next level, could be something competitive, and it could maybe even be something they're pursuing as a career. There are so many different reasons that you would seek private music instruction. First bit of advice, get someone who is going to steer you in the direction of what you're looking for. There are a lot of excellent teachers out there, but it doesn't mean that they're excellent at doing what you need. There are teachers out there who can give phenomenal feedback and instruction on the technical elements of music and being able to play with emotion and being able to hold the instrument properly or handle their voice or the placement of their hands, arms, body in relation to a piano. But that person may not be gifted at steering and guiding someone when it comes to an audition or music as a career. And there's vice versa. The better music instructors out there are the ones that can do everything well. And they don't come along very often. So if you do find one of those instructors, recognize it and certainly appreciate that person for who they are. Please also understand that there's a reason why some of the teachers that are more expensive are more expensive. And it's not just because they are trying to scrape every last dollar out of your pocketbook. It's because they're exceptional at what they do. 
When you, as a, a parent, as a family member, hire an instructor and you are paying them $18 an hour, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Because there are also going to be people, if somebody's charging $18 an hour, there are going to absolutely be other people out there who are charging you $40, $50, $60 an hour. To give you an idea, just in the New Jersey, New York City area, when I started as a private instructor, my very first lessons, very first lessons as an instructor were in the $30 to $35 range. Those were my first lessons. Now, that was not for a half hour. Those lessons were 45 minutes to an hour. But I never in my entire career did I ever charge less than $30 for any lesson for anyone that is, if it wasn't a half hour long. If it was a half hour long, that was a different story. I don't ever recall any lesson of mine where I received less than $25 for any lesson of any kind. Now, the socioeconomic structures around the country and around the world will change that. There are certain areas that people can't afford to pay that much. But it doesn't mean that because the instructor is might be perfect for your situation that they're going to suddenly give you a hometown discount. You wouldn't negotiate with a plumber. You wouldn't negotiate with other people in specialized trades. People that are masters at what they do, you would never negotiate. So it's completely and totally inappropriate for a parent to do hard line negotiation with an instructor. I have to be straight honest with you. I am deeply offended when someone tries to barter with me for my services to the point that I usually will not take on the student because I perceive it as now being somebody who's going to be a pain in the neck to work with down the road. And and the one thing I don't need in my life is stress. We have enough stress in our lives. We don't need added stress from people who are now going to be unrealistic right from the very beginning. So you have to be realistic with certain things and, and money is going to be one of them. You need to know how much you're going to be able to pay. You need to respect however much that person's, uh, that person's rates are. But the conversation really should not be with the instructor. If you want that instructor badly, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying to the instructor that something along the lines of, we don't have a lot of money, or something just so they they are aware that these lessons are really, really important to you as a parent. Because if you do that, and then the teacher knows 
I can tell you that on many occasions, many occasions, I have gotten all over the student's case if they waste my time and they're not prepared. And I will say right there in front of the parent, you are wasting this person's money. Now, I can't speak for all teachers out there, but there have even been some rare, rare exceptions. These are people I've been teaching for a very long time where I've been so disgusted by the lack of preparation for the lesson, I've left the home. And I think that was like within the first five minutes and I actually didn't take the money. Now that was only a rare situation because my next student was maybe right around the corner. Know what you're expecting, but also be understanding of what the teacher is able to offer and willing to offer to you. A teacher should have clear-cut policies that they should be giving to you. If they don't have them, ask them. So there's no misunderstanding later. I try to be as upfront with everyone about all my different policies. The very few times in my career when I've been burned is when I wasn't upfront. And what I mean by upfront, I wasn't trying to be shady or trying to keep information. I just didn't put forth every single element of the policies on what happens if you cancel less than last minute, what happens with illness, what happens with this and that, when, when payment is expected, all that stuff. It is not acceptable for you as a parent to all of a sudden be bartering. Like I said, you wouldn't do it with anyone, with anyone else. And quite honestly, if you are treating a music instructor in that manner, I have to call that parent out and say if they really understand the importance of the arts in general and do they actually appreciate the arts for what they are because this is the precise nonsense that music teachers deal with in school when people don't respect our subject area so please respect the instructors in terms of that information when you are deciding where the lessons are going to be or maybe there is no decision perhaps the instructor says I do lessons at my house here's my address or I come to your house there needs to be an expectation by the parents as to what time the lesson will start and here's why I say this Depending on the area that you're in, and my area is one of the worst, it can be very, very difficult for instructors to always maintain an immaculate time schedule in relation to their lessons because they have no control over traffic. I've had situations where I have allotted inordinate amounts of time to be able to teach all of my students so I'm not teaching until 11 o'clock at night because I teach all of my lessons on the road 
and allow myself appropriate time to get to the students' houses. I don't have any control over the fact that there might be an ice storm, that there could be a massive accident, there could be traffic in the different directions leading to that person's house, or there is only one way to get to that person's house. Now, with that said, there needs to be an understanding. If you must have that person at your house from X time to X time, you have to be adamant from the beginning, from the very start, not six months later. Because the problem that I've had with, with parents before, and I'm very, very straightforward, is that I have many different hats. I thoroughly enjoy teaching my lessons privately. I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a wonderful thing that, that I do outside of my full-time position. But I am always, always, always straightforward with the families in saying from time to time, I will have situations that will need me to move our lesson times to move our lesson days. These are rare. But there are times I, I don't have any control of the fact that a school concert might be on a certain night that might be the night of a lesson. And I do like to try to reschedule lessons as much as possible. So you as a parent need to be understanding if the person is traveling, especially if they're traveling a long distance to your home. And especially if your home is nowhere near modern civilization, if you're located 15 minutes away at a minimum from anybody that could potentially teach your child, you're in a tough spot. Because if you're 15 or more minutes away from wherever that spot would be that you've got to take your child for a potential lesson, guess what that's doing to your time? You now have to drive said child, you have to stay for the lesson because it doesn't make any sense for you to drive back home, or you have to force yourself to go out somewhere, and your time schedule has been greatly altered. Now for the half hour or 45 minute or one hour lesson, it's really actually a two plus hour chunk of time gone from your schedule as opposed to a lesson in the comfort of your own home where a teacher may arrive 15 minutes early and would like to start 15 minutes early maybe arrives 10 minutes 15 minutes even 20 minutes late because of traffic how much were you really inconvenienced if you think about that but you have to understand and have expectations with that. You cannot be arrogant and say, well, you know, you said you were going to be here at 5 o'clock and we have to leave at 5.45. Well, that's, that's foolish. That's absolutely foolish. That means that you, this lesson is, can't really be that important because if you were having the lesson anywhere else, you would never have that type of situation. So the expectations, you should have firm expectations in place. And if you have them, you're entitled to have expectations in terms of 
the starting and ending times of lessons and in terms of flexibility. If you can't be flexible, you need to tell the teacher. And you need to expect the teacher would say the same thing to you in, in advance. This is information that needs to be hashed out early on. I've had so many unfortunate experiences because I've been teaching for 25 years. And when I say so many, it's it's probably been six or seven, which I consider a lot. Considering that I've taught privately, conservatively I've taught over 300 students privately. Probably closer to about four or 500 students I've taught privately in my, my entire career. Now, to have only six or seven bad situations, or I should say situations where information I was pretty clear about all of a sudden gets changed and a parent starts acting in a passive-aggressive way, that's simply not fair to the instructor. Um, other parent expectations. You want to be sure that the instructor is doing something appropriate with the education of your child. The instructor should not be doing things that have nothing to do with anything. When I mean by nothing to do with anything, things that have zero to do with the the lesson at all. And I'm not talking about two or three minutes where they show something that's loosely related to the lesson to get the student to laugh or to get them excited and motivated or just to take a simple break in the lesson because children can only process so much at once. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about 20 minutes of a one-hour lesson with things that are being done in the lesson that have zero to do with anything having to do with music at all. That should not be occurring. And the only time that maybe that should be occurring is if the student simply needs someone to talk to and this person is their confidant. This person is, for lack of a better word, their therapist for that time period. And quite honestly, that's a, that's I consider that to be extremely appropriate if the student needs it. If the student needs to vent, if the student needs to cry, if the student needs to get emotional and pour their heart out to someone that's not a friend, that's not a guidance counselor, that's not their parent, but is able to just talk about things. Talk about things that have to do with music, perhaps things relating to an audition, nerves. These are all things that will help. These are all things that are expected. But you as a parent certainly have every right to know about it. I think as a parent, you are paying a lot of money 
And you deserve to know what has been taught for a lesson. This is something I did not do as much earlier on. And I attribute that just simply to the fact that I was inexperienced. By and large, students who are trained in college, even the ones that go for music education, do not generally get the appropriate training that they need to be studio instructors. They get the they get all all the tools they need to teach in other ways, but they don't get the actual instruction on this is how you run a studio. It's just not out there. I haven't seen it anywhere. I always tell my students who go into college, ask your instructors, how do you teach the first lesson? What do you say to the parents? This is important. This is going to be your life. I didn't know all this at the beginning, and I've learned things as I've gone along. I'm to the point now, I give full-blown les lesson reviews. Full-blown. And I try to do it in layman's terms unless the, the, the parent knows music. And if they do, talk music with them. With certain students, depending on the setup, depending on whatever arrangements I've made, I've done full-blown typed lesson reviews. I have students who have ADHD or other types of learning disabilities, issues paying attention, where I type out the review for the lesson. Sometimes I get it, give it to them right there at the lesson, or I email it to them later on. Some students will write down things from the lesson. Parents, think about this. In school, your children who are not taking any notes of any kind, if they were to take no notes of any kind, the average student is likely to retain at most throughout the entire course of a school day, not on the same day, but long term, at most they're going to retain about 20%. That's the average student. That's a fact. Think about all the money being spent in a lesson. Wouldn't you like that information to be memorialized? Wouldn't you like that information to always be there, that you know that on May 7th, this is what happened at the lesson? This is what we did. And you can also go back and say to a student who says, oh, I don't remember learning. No, 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 no. What do you mean you don't remember learning this? This was We, we went over this four months ago. Go back in your notes. And you can hold your child accountable. So these are more parent expectations. You absolutely should be aware and be told what the instructor's doing. You're paying the money. Just same as that situation. Unless you just like throwing money away and like being taken advantage of, where you have the plumber that comes in your house and you say, fix the leak, and you don't even bother asking them because, I don't know, I guess you just don't care about money. Or you just don't care to know. I don't know why you would do that, but I know there are people out there that do. I know, I'm if I'm shelling out $250 for some basic plumbing repairs, I'm going to ask the person to show me exactly what he did. 
point to what you did, show me what I just shelled out all this money to you for, without saying it that way, period. That's a lot of money right there. And you deserve to know what they did. It's the same thing with, an instru with a music instructor. And you know what, if the music instructor thinks you're a pain, that's too bad for them. They absolutely are in you're entitled to know. Any music instructor who's not willing to show you that information, person is probably a hack. Person should probably not be teaching your child. Because the person is probably inept in some way. They know that they're inept. They're going to try to pass them off themselves off as being somebody who's competent, and they're not. Parent expectations. You want to find somebody who's going to be able to connect with your child. I want to say get along with, but I, that's not the right word. You need someone who's going to be able to connect. You need someone who's going to be able to understand your child's personality. I always, at my first lessons with students, I always have a sit down with them. I'll have a sit down with the parent right there. And we'll talk about the child. And I want to know his or her interests. And I want to know the things that are going to be going on in his or her life, which could potentially have an impact in some way, positive or negative, with their music instruction. I need to know that information. So if there's someone who's in high school, who's in all honors classes, I need to be a, I, I need to be a little more understanding when midterms may roll around or when a certain time of year comes, it's the end of a marking period and the student is swamped with projects. I need to know as a private instructor uh, exactly what's going on outside of the home with sports and activities And quite honestly, how often the child is at home? The parent should have all of those expectations that a teacher should want to know this information. A teacher should be taking a personal interest in your child. They should be taking a personal interest in his or her growth. One of my greatest students of all time, who I still teach, has severe ADHD. Really severe. One of the most intense cases I've ever known. I've known him for over eight years. I haven't taught him for over eight years. I've known him for over eight years. Having that information, being armed with that information has helped me so much with how I'm teaching him. Now I can safely say that a good 95% of our lessons is, is focus is outstanding. Even a year ago, it wasn't 95% and it wasn't anywhere near that. Took time. If a, a teacher is taking the interest in finding that out, you've got somebody who cares. Parent expectations. Are you expecting too little? Are you expecting too much? You need to ask yourself that. 
Parent expectations. Are you going up to your child? Are you asking your child, hey, what do you think of your lessons? For the longest time, it was always the teacher is right. But when it comes to specialized people, it has nothing to do so much with being right or wrong. It has to do with the way that the person was trained and what type of experience they bring to the big picture. Again, what you have to decide and, and speak to your child about is the instructor, is that person bringing to your home to your child, to your situation, the right dynamic to get your child where he or she needs to be in the long run. And then parent expectation. When you know that an instructor is unable to provide any more for their child than he or she has done so. You need to move on. Because here's the one thing that bogs down entirely too many parents. And this is a big problem with a lot of private music instruction. Nobody should continue to have private music instruction because the teacher is nice. That's not a reason for the person to continue lessons unless you know that that person is an is a wonderful adult a wonderful role model in your child's life. If that's the reason, that's great. But if we're talking uh, strictly for private instruction, private music instruction, and you're keeping the person only because they're nice, taking money and flushing it down the toilet. Dogs are nice. Some cats are nice. Teachers? Teachers are expected to be nice. They should all be engaging on some level. They should all have some kindness on some level, particularly the ones that are private instructors. But keeping instructor because they're nice, that's not, that's not a good idea. They should be nice and they should be skilled, competent, and the ability to motivate. Those are the reasons you keep your private instructor. Those are the reasons that you cherish the great ones. And then finally, parent expectation. What are the long-term plans for the instructor? If you know the right questions ask the instructor, it's going to keep that instructor on their toes. And you want that. Don't allow private instructors just simply get comfortable and get into the whole mundane because it does get mundane. 
I know because I have known thousands of private instructors in my career. And some of them, it's just a paycheck. Sad, but true. It's just a paycheck. And your child is not that important to them. It is a very, very small number of teachers. But that's not right. I can think of every single student I've taught in my entire career in my private studios and with pride I can say what I was able to accomplish with the student. There may be a host of different reasons as to why lessons didn't continue. Could have been because of money. It could have been because the student just wasn't interested in lessons anymore but they wanted to continue their instrument. Could be because they switched instructors. Could be because they moved. Could be because, quite honestly, the, the kid was great, but the, the parent was acting like a lunatic and was making unreasonable demands. And it could be, quite honestly, that the student just wasn't prepared. So there are a lot of different factors that you as a family member, as a parent, you, there are so many different things you need to take into consideration. And I hope that these different angles have provided you with some insight that you need in hiring your instructor. And I, I have to just leave you with this one last one because my goodness, this one kills me. I can't believe I forgot this. But I, I haven't forgotten it because I'm throwing it in the episode before the end. Please know about the background of your instructor. Oh my goodness. I cannot begin to tell you how many times I've had children come into school. And they'll say they're taking private lessons with someone. And I'll say, who's the person? And the student says, I don't know his or her name. <laughs> That's a pretty good first impression. My goodness, you don't know his or her first name. Great. <laughs> and that happens too many times. Where the parent has hired so-and-so because they quote-unquote heard that he or she was good. Do your research. Know the, the, the teacher's name and have their contact information, but do research. Ask them, where did you go to school? What's your experience? What ages have you taught before? What's your teaching style like? All of these questions. You need to have a background of your teacher. And hopefully you can research them even further, if not through the internet, through trusted friends or trusted professionals in the field. I hope this information is helpful. The next two podcasts will discuss the same issues in relation to students and teachers themselves.